Most spending is done in that last quarter. From Thanksgiving to uh, Christmas to Kwanzaa to New Year's. Right. Don't most of these companies base their whole uh, profit earning for the year off these this last quarter? Like like they set yeah. prices based on how they how much they're going to sell at this time, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you start seeing promotions early. I mean, like Christmas in July. I mean, they start, right, right. They start talking about... Uh, forecasting, you know, uh, you know, start start now, you know, prepare for the for the holiday season, and and what I what we want to do is look at it from our community. Again, the business building blocks is about economic development, entrepreneurship, primarily in the black and brown community. So, what you can know. what could we do as far as from a business aspect, from an economic, uh, you know building an economy within our community, what could we do during this time of the year or what should we be doing? You know, I followed them. I followed the leadership of Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And if you remember back in uh, 10, 10, 15, there was a Justice Else March. But not only was it a march, it was a movement. And a part of the Justice Else movement, and we was, um, um, we were protesting against the unjust killings of blacks by law enforcement and others the uh, the whole uh, oppression of us in this in this country in this society and the way we respond against the injustice is by withholding withholding our dollars boycotting basically boycotting christmas boycotting this very season that we discuss in this holiday season with our dollars Right. You know, we wanted, like uh, Martin Luther King said, redistribute the pain. You know, we're suffering. So we're not going to go out and, and, and have a violent revolution. You know, uh, we don't have to go out and, be, and use civil disobedience and stop traffic and all that type of thing. We just withhold our dollars. Yeah, yeah, because um, some of those same companies that are, that they're funding you know the private prisons and stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. benefiting from our uh, our suffering. So during this time, when they get so much power from us, uh, money speaking, money wise, we if we withhold that and put that into our own businesses, right. now we're addressing the problem of we want them to stop killing us. We want them to stop, right. you know, not not giving justice to our community and giving us racking up time crazy that they don't give them for and things like that. Right. We could stop all that if that money was going into our own communities. That's right. Yeah. And and also, I, I don't want to leave this piece out. Up with Jesus, down with Santa. Because from a theological point of view, uh, Christmas has been uh, has been taken over by the merchant. You know, the merchants. And whether they believe in Jesus or not, you know, a lot of these merchants, you know, they're they not doing this for any, any, any spiritual reasons. They're doing it purely for profit. Right. You know, uh, so they use this uh, character, Santa Claus, which is uh, roots of it is paganism. And they use that to usurp Jesus and the worship of of Jesus. And the whole reason for the season, we lose it. And then these merchants get wax rich. And, and at the same time, we are suffering in poverty. We're suffering uh, in an unjust 
um, police. And uh, and if you look at the history of the police and law enforcement, it goes back to the plantation system and the uh, the posse that they used to round up. They were uh, slave catchers. If the slaves escaped from the plantation, right, they was there to protect the wealth of the 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 master, the landowners, the slave owners. So today, law enforcement are there to re- protect the wealth of the rich or corporate America. Right. And I hear Charlemagne say all the time, Jesus don't even headline his own holiday. Like he don't he don't headline his own birthday. It's all these other stuff, elves and Santa Claus and all this other stuff. That's right. When if it was about Jesus, it probably wouldn't be so centered around spending money. Because didn't Jesus like chase the merchants out of somewhere out of with a yeah, yeah yeah? So <laughs> so if it was up to him, I don't even know if that would be what we would be doing on quote unquote his birthday if we if that's his birthday at all. But right. if if people do want to celebrate that time, because I realize a lot of our people are gonna celebrate that holiday. Let's just put it they 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 yeah. are gonna do it if they do it. Wouldn't it be better if they spent their money with a black-owned business? That's true, and 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 also the the holiday that was formed by blacks, that was created by blacks, um, the uh, Kwanzaa celebration, which was created to be an African, a American, an African Senate, Afrocentric Senate holiday, right? Around principles that are African, the roots of it are African, and so. If we're going to spend money, why don't we empower ourselves with cooperative economics and unity and working together and all of the different principles? And uh, those uh, principles of Kwanzaa and Swahili, you know, um, uh, we we need to come together around those principles. And then we're being consistent with that. Yeah, people are acting like it didn't work. Like, is it really working? But I don't know if you've been seeing a lot of these stores have been closing down. We lost right. we lost Toys R Us. We lost all these different <laughs> companies. And we think it's just the internet and times and stuff like that. But they are taking a hit from us not spending as much money with these major corporations. You can see right. it all the time. Most people would rather... You know, spend online with somebody they see on Instagram or order somebody who's doing something on Etsy or Facebook and support somebody that they see on the regular, then spend their money with these major corporations who really have no love for them and and are really just manipulating them through their faith to 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 direct dollars to them. Yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully we can extend this beyond the holiday season. Yeah, and it just be a way of life. It's wise to to direct your dollars back to your own community. Because when we, who, whoever we direct our dollars to, that's who we empower. Uh, so, you know, uh, we need to direct our dollars to um, businesses that's going to employ us. You know, if we look at others that's outside our community, that in our community, um, they don't necessarily hire us. Everybody hire within their own family, with their own group, with their own ethnic group. Uh, we like to, uh, we just got joined, Mr. Anthony Newton. Yes, sir. Uh, welcome to the Business Building Blocks podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, you can uh, join us with your earphones. You. Yep, yep. So we at this uh, business building blocks, we like to bring on people who are actually in the field, you know, employing these business principles that that, that bring them success. 
uh, we like to bring people that's not just have the theory of it, but actually taking it into practice. That's right. So, Anthony Newton, could you uh, tell the audience right now, what is your business and uh, just what do you do? Thank you. Thank you. My name's um, Anthony Newton. The name of our company is Caduceus Holdings Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, got started back in 2006. Uh, it's a C-Corp. And what we do is we develop healthcare curriculums for high school students across the country. Okay. So we have about 250 locations in 11 states. All right. Wow. Man. <laughs> okay. So how long have you been in business? Uh since 06, we're 18, so 12 going on 13 years. Wow. 13 right. years. Over 10,000 graduates uh, across the country in different healthcare professions like pharmacy technician, medical assistant, medical building coding, patient okay. care technician. We have about nine different uh, entry-level healthcare programs that we offer. So traditionally, a student would take their core courses and their elective would be cosmetology or auto mechanics. Mm-hmm. What we've done is we've just expanded that to the healthcare sector. And is this on a high school level? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Every major high school here in the mm-hmm. Texas, every major district in Texas is utilizing our curriculum for the most part. Okay. So do you, uh, what do, exactly do you supply in terms of curriculum? You, you supply books, software, how do they acquire your curriculum? Great question. So what we do is we sell to the district directly, and they designate the teacher of choice. He or she comes to our one-week uh, training here in Houston, all over the country. And tangible curriculum, an online curriculum, access to the curriculum as well. And we give them all of the supplies and equipment needed to simulate labs for their students. So we okay. outfit the classroom all as right. well. Wow. Wow. That's dynamic. Yeah, are y'all are y'all in Galena Park District? Yes, sir. That's correct. Because I had friends who were in that program when I was in high school. So that was your company that's that was us. making that happen. That's us. Wow, okay. that's crazy. I was in uh, AP Biology at that time, and I thought I would be, you know, going into the medicine field. I ended up going into the media field, mm-hmm. but we were y'all impacted my school. So that's right. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Right. Wow. So are you? Did you have experience in the medical field before? Is, is that what it is? Or yes, yes. So there was a teacher. I'm, from Cashmere, Cashmere Garden. All right. Uh, and uh, when I graduated, there was a teacher in my 10th, 11th grade year named Betty Brown. Okay. She pretty much saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and she catapulted me and put me on the right track. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call that the Caduceus moment. Right. But what happened was um, she put me in a health co-op program, and I went to school halftime, and I actually went to the hospital to work in... Uh, Herman Hospital at the time, okay. now referred to as Memorial Herman, but I would wheel patients to and from the radiology department. And from there, I took an interest in healthcare and went from radiology to pharmacy, and my career pretty much took off from there. All right. You know, I'm a Cashmere alum now, so... Okay, okay. <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, my area was, uh, you know, like drafting and, and uh, architecture okay. in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, when I went to college, I ended up majoring in construction management, mm-hmm. studied civil engineering and construction management. And I did teach in Galena Park. One year I was a teacher and a coach and I taught the industrial technology course that was on a computer software mm-hmm. program. Uh, it, it became a computer lab. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm from the old school. We had the drafting tables. Oh yeah. <laughs> Since we did everything manually, of course, everything now is CAD, you know, mm-hmm. AutoCAD. And 
And in this in this course, it was similar to a curriculum that you're describing in the health profession, but this was more industrial. So uh, there were stations. Each station was 22 stations. Each station uh, was a different area okay. of, say, engineering. Um, AutoCAD was one. Desktop publishing was another one. It was all these different industries. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember going off to Pennsylvania for a one-week training and that uh, in order to teach that course in that curriculum. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of familiar with what you, where you're going with it, and I'm really impressed. Thank you, sir. Because you're homegrown. I mean, Thank you. <laughs> you're from our community, I mean, directly, and that's that's really a, a story. That's a, that's a good story you got. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how did, okay, so you, how did you take that into start, how did you start developing what would be the curriculum? Were, were, you, were you in school for, um, you know, for education or something like that? Or how, what, what even, how does that even work? Great question. So, I want to say ultimately the reason why I do what I do is because I wanted to give back. The same way the teacher took me by the hands and saw something in me, I wanted to give that opportunity to kids across the country. So she put me in the healthcare field. I transitioned to pharmacy. And then at the age of 21, I got a teaching job at uh, National Institute of Technology, which was Corinthian College. It was a vocational school. So I was teaching Individuals, And I figured if I could teach individuals, pharmacy technician, I might as well go back to school and become a pharmacist. So I started uh, going to school, doing my undergrad at Blaine College out in Brenham. And I would commute to and from Houston Mm. to Brenham every day. Oh, man. Okay, did that for about a year. Came back, uh, enrolled in uh, Texas Southern University. Was trying to get the uh, pre-pharmacy so I can transition in uh, to uh, pharmacy school. And what happened was I was headhunted by a... um, by an individual to be a director of pharmacy for a vocational school uh, here in Houston. Mm -hmm. So it was college or, you know, four more years of college or, you know, 42,000 a year. So that 42 (laughs) dangling in front of me back then, you know, $20 an hour, I took advantage of it and uh, did that from, I was their youngest director for that entity from the age of 24 to 26. And that's when I decided you know, I, I saw the students going to the vocational schools, and I have nothing against vocational schools. Um, this, these particular students were paying at that time ten thousand five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. not for a bachelor's, not for an associate's, but for a certificate. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, man, you know, there's something that I can do to impact, you know, these students. So that's when we we um, and I say we, it's really me, and I put a team together around me, and we develop curriculum and we stepped out and we decided to you know so it wouldn't be a conflict of interest we went directly to the high schools versus mm-hmm. dealing with postgraduates and so I, that's, that's really should that, that's where it should start mm-hmm. you know a lot of those vocational schools have been developed because the vocations have been taken out of the high schools mm-hmm. where they were originally mm-hmm. and uh even um in the past, and again, I'm a TSU alumni as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we got okay. a lot of common. Right. We're family here. Yes. Um, but before you would uh, go to school in high school and start your vocational training in high school, you know, automotive. Uh, we re- we remember the automotive mechanics, the um, wood shop. That's right. Um, the beauty college. You know, uh, a lot of those things were done in high school, and you had a skill with your uh, high school diploma. That's right. Uh, then, when you went to uh, 
junior college to get your associates. Uh, uh, the university was was you have to, everyone had to get that associates first, mm-hmm. and then after that two years, then you work on the bachelor. That's right. But everybody had to get the vocational training, and the the four year training was management. That's right. So you learn how to do the work, and then you learn how to manage the work. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other courses, master's, doctorate, now you're teaching. That's right. That's and, right. And, and directing. And like I feel like doing. every single student should graduate with a diploma in one hand and some type of certification in the other. Right. That's the way it should be across the board, in my personal opinion. Because what that does is that gives a st- student straight out of high school some direction. Now they can go straight into the industry or they can go to college and work their way through college by working on that trade or that vocational skill that they acquired in high school. But it just gives direction because right now these high school students, a lot of them are graduating and they have no direction after high school. That's true. Just just don't know what to do. And in college, their first two years, their major is undecided because they right. have no direction. That's right. So. Mm. From 2006 to 2018, that's 12 years, right? A lot has changed from then as far as like social media and technology. How has the the program that you developed changed with the technology over time? Yeah, so you you know, initially it was paper and paper only uh, back in 06, 07. And then we evolved to implementing more of the online components, online videos, online um you know, access to online period. Now, majority of our curriculum is online. So we've tapped into the technology that's available, but there's still some teachers that are a little bit more traditional, Mm -hmm. a little bit more old school, and they want that tangible paper. They want to be able to pass out that worksheet. So we just provide both. You know, it's like, why take away one and give the other when you can do both? It doesn't cost you you that much more. So Mm. we offer both. But th- that brings up to my mind those who are homeschooling, and do you do you have a um, a way that homeschool parents that want to homeschool can access this curriculum, um, or even I know that you throughout the United States, I would assume that you would publish schools and uh, charter schools, uh, private schools, they can uh, they can access you through the web or. Your website or whatever. That's correct. Anyone can access our um, our, our, our the programs that we offer through uh, caducesinc.com. So that's K-A-D-U-C-E-U-S-I-N-C.com. That's the name of the company, Caduces uh, Inc. And um, you know, you know what a Caduces is? No. Okay. So you know, a lot of people have seen a Caduces, just don't know what the have never associated the name with it, but it's the staff with the snakes ornamented around it and the figure oh, okay. with the wings on top. Oh, okay. You see it on the back of ambulance trucks and right. physicians' offices. So right. that's a caduceus. Okay. So that's the medical symbol for healing. So um, it's traditionally spelled with the C, but we spell ours with the K. That's the only difference. Caducesinc.com. Oh, man, that's, that's dynamic. You said it's a staff with two snakes. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Staff, snakes ornamented around it with the figure in the figure eight with the wings on top. What do you know the symbolism behind those two? Like, why did they? Like, why is it? You don't know. <laughs> you know that oh, I don't know. I just you wonder. Know, you know, um, yeah, minister, a spiritual meaning. Minister Farrakhan did go into, and you know, my name is John Muhammad, and this is my son Wazir. Okay, um, member of the Nation of Islam. He was raised in the Nation of Islam, and uh, we learn a lot about 
symbolism. You know, symbolism, and and you you are artists, so artists use a lot of symbolism even in their lyrics, and in their art, mm-hmm. but also in in movies and and particularly in theology. In theology, there is uh, symbolism. The cross, for instance, is a symbol, and um, he actually spoke about that caduceus that you're talking about with the two snakes mm-hmm. because uh, of the controversy with the vaccinations. And I know this is not what we're here for, but you know about um, there's a divide where some people are for vaccinations and some people are against vaccinations, particularly in the area of autism. And there's a growing movement of those who believe that autism is caused by vaccinations. And particularly the mercury or heavy metals that's in the vaccination, and and I learned recently that the medical um, physicians, when they go through medical school, they don't learn about the pharmaceutical side of the vaccinations. What what the what's in the vial, you know, what's in the vial. They learn that okay, you need to vaccinate according to the schedule, you know, under yeah. two years old and. You know, they, they continue to add these um, vaccinations to the schedule. But it's private pharmaceutical companies that's producing the, the the vaccinations. And they're not aware of what's in that vial. Okay, in that vial could be um, chemicals that's adversely affecting these children, causing an unprecedented increase in autism particularly among black males. And I mean, black males are three times as many uh, uh, chances of acquiring autism than others. And it's been exponential uh, since in the last maybe 10 to 20 years, there's been an exponential increase in those being diagnosed with autism. And that's not genetic. I mean, I know know you got a chemical, I mean, (laughs) medical background, there's no thing in nature that increase at that rate when you talk about being genetically predisposed. So this is a, this is environmental. So uh, if it's vi- environmental, then that means uh, what is what is that thing that's been introduced in that environment? And the number one thing that's been in- introduced in that environment is the vaccinations. Now, how did this <laughs> relate to the? Caduceus. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, well, you know, I I didn't want to go deep like that. He, I, I can mention it right yeah, quick yeah. what he said. You know, um, in, the, in the scripture, you know, uh, the Satan Satan uh, was symbolized as a serpent that came up to Adam and Eve and whispered into Eve's ear to take a, take a bite from the forbidden fruit. Well, that was a serpent. So the serpent is a, is a, a symbol of uh, Satan. So if you look at the people that we trust in, in the society, uh, we trust our ministers and we trust our doctors. And uh, this uh, Satan has intervened into the, the trust or uh, uh, the righteous principle, that, that vertical staff that goes up, that represent the word of God of righteousness. Satan has wrapped itself around <laughs> that uh, medical industry and according to the scripture, uh, Pharaoh say, kill the firstborn, kill the, 
the, the male child. And they are doing this in the guise of the medical industry. And those two serpents, you know, I offer you life, but I cause death. And there's a lot of um, corruption in the medical industry where people are being harmed by the very industry that should be helping them. And uh, uh, vaccinations is one. You know, we can go on and on with viruses being man-made and uh, on and on. But that's a different subject. It starts with education. And you're doing that dynamic job in education. I don't want to change <laughs> the focus of this. I want to ask a question. How did you, uh, did you have to go through any certification or get any licenses to, for them? Because I can imagine if I was like, Oh, I have a I have a background in this. I want to teach it in your school. I would think that they would be like, "Well, you have to go get this certification, do that." What were the certifications that allowed you to go into schools and start teaching your program? Gotcha. So we don't teach anything into the schools. We really provide the curriculum. Okay. So when we give, it's just like taking a book and selling it to a school district. So they have an umbrella that's for mathematics. There could be a thousand different mathematical books out there. So they just have to select the one that they want to implement that the teachers will utilize to teach from. So the school districts, as they move forward and they've progressed, they've in introduced healthcare. And now some of their uh, programs that they offer, like pharmacy technician, for example, there's a multitude of different curricula out there that they could tap into. So we just show them that, hey, our curriculum is the best curriculum. Not only is it a curriculum or a book, but we also provide the training. We also give all the supplies and equipment needed to simulate lab. We also are there for your teachers 24-7 via text, email, phone call. We're just a, we, say, we like to say we're just a phone call, text message, or email away. So wow. we give that, that technical support to them as well, too. So you get all that with the curriculum. Man, and you said you had some success stories. You say how many graduates you said, or over, over ten thousand huh. year to date. <laughs> because this is nation, this program is nationwide, and 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 the process by which your curriculum meets those uh, standards of the state, for instance. Uh, I remember they had um, tech. Was it tech? The when you uh, write a curriculum, tech teks. Yeah, T E K S. T E K S. Over. Those objectives mm -hmm. that that curriculum must meet. Yes, yes. So we and, have to adhere uh, yeah. to those state guidelines per state. Per state. So that that could change from state to state. But mm. usually Texas is one of the standards that the other states implement. That's uh, absolutely correct. Emulate. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a form of standard. Well, the way Texas go, that's the way the nation goes. And, and these are also certification program. So they, they're all tied to a national certification. Mm -hmm. So just use a pharmacy technician as an example, that's tied to the PTCB, which is out of Washington, D.C., Pharmacy Technician Certification Board. And we can go on and on down the list, but all of our programs are tied to a national certification. So the students aren't just getting trained, they're actually getting a certification or being prepared for a certification they can sit for at the end of the school year. Wow. And what and as far as pharmacy tech, they could take that and go get a job at CVS or or even like a, a neighborhood pharmacy and different things like that when they graduate high school? Straight out of high school. That is amazing. A lot of them have jobs before they even leave high school oh, because man. they're doing externships and things of that nature. So the the entities uh usually hire them on. 
So, and what we found is I've developed these programs for your top tier, middle tier, and lower tier students if they wanted to take advantage of it. But we found that a lot of the upper echelon in the school districts are the ones that truly take advantage of these courses. Mm -hmm. And so the candidates that the pharmacies and the hospitals and doctor's offices are getting are the best of the best straight out of high school. So how does this compare to, because a lot of times they they used to sell us on the the AP or the advanced placement program, and then you have to study all year and you take this test and you may or may not get college credit. This seems to be a better option because college credit, that's one question. Does this, does this program offer college credit? And two, um, is it more valuable than college credit? Like, if someone was choosing which one they would do, would you rather have college credit or a certification, in your opinion? Gotcha. So, not here to divide, you know, yeah. uh, junior colleges from high school or, you know, dual credit versus certification. It depends on the career path you want to go down, okay? So, if you want to be a pharmacy technician and nothing more, then all you need is a certification. There's no associate's degree that you need to tie into that. There's no master's or doctorate's or bachelor's. All you need is a certification. But if you're wanting to uh, ultimately become a pharmacist, then we could consider, okay, well, let me go and, you know, uh, probably look into the dual credit because it could matriculate to uh, being a pharmacist. So it's just a, a matter of what it is that you want as an individual. How far do you want to go with this are there any other companies, well, you don't have to shout out your uh, your competition, but are there any other companies in this space doing what you do at this level, or are you like the go-to person? For the, as many programs as we offer across the country, we're the only ones. That and that's the beauty of it. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do sponsorships. Okay. And the way we do sponsorships is we just go right into it. Um, and our sponsors are the ones that support our, our show, mm-hmm. you know, like that's how we defray costs. Um, and one of the, our platinum sponsor is Nation Products. Nation Products is child uh, literacy advocates. And they're all for children's books and designed particularly to our community. You know, for instance, there's a title. Go to nationproducts.com. You can acquire the book Chemistry for Children. And I know that's good for the medical industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a publication that's provided there introduce the elements of the periodic table to our children at a very young tender age and for instance uh, water you know water is uh, H2O is that hydrogen and two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom mm-hmm. so we we explain to them what the what the element is and what it looks like it's a picture book for children mm-hmm. uh, a penny copper you know this is this is a pr- practical application of this element, and on and on we 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 do it for a variety of different elements. Basically, what we do is familiarizing our children with science at an early age, so that they won't be um, they won't be um, they won't be foreign later on in school, mm-hmm. because we believe that education starts at home. That's right. So there's other uh, publications. Famous blacks in America. This is a word search books used in education. Um, my my wife authored the book. She was a formerly uh, elementary school teacher, and she would pass out handouts 
to children. Puzzles. You know, after they finish their work, you want to keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. And so she developed this word search book kind of around Black History Month. And um, as they learn about each figure, each puzzle, they learn facts about that figure as they solve the puzzle. So they're learning vocabulary, they're learning history, and they're learning culture, their own culture. And we and we believe that as they learn about their own history and their own culture, it builds their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And now they're uh, motivated. Now, if my ancestors were able to accomplish great things in history, and, and they made a contribution to this nation, or they made, even made a, uh, an invention. They made a contribution to the civilization of man worldwide. Then they they are uh, inspired by that. And now I can do that. You know, maybe I I learn about uh, Langston Hughes, uh, someone uh, in history. Now I want to become like them. And I, I, I can see myself doing it because I see myself in history. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with uh, famous blacks in America. You can locate that at nationproducts.com. Now, there's other uh, publications that we talked about. Um, we had a guest on a while back, uh, Warren F. Muhammad. He authored a book, Separation. Now, throughout uh, our, our history, we have learned about... A case about for separation. A case, a case for separation. We have learned about integration, but we didn't learn much about separation um, because it's vilified in the media. The media says that, you know, you got this black power movement, these black extremists, these black separatists. So it's vilified. We didn't learn much about it in public school. We learned about the integration movement. But what was the other movement that's going on parallel during, to the integration movement was the black power, black nationalist movement. And what what... The black nationalism, black power movement was all about was developing the black community. These are self-help, like Booker T. Washington, self-help things that we can do to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. You know, start where we are, pool our resources, patronize our businesses, create jobs. You know, like Black Wall Street, create our own economy. Warren F. Muhammad wrote a book on this subject called A Case for Separation. You can acquire that that title at nationproducts.com. The other thing, Michelle Obama just released her book, Becoming. Becoming. And uh, you can acquire Michelle Obama book on nationproducts.com. And we even have a children's book on uh, President Obama. We have a book on President Obama. You can find that at nationproducts.com. Um did we miss anything? Nation products? No, no, you got, you got all the titles, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, we like to talk about a couple of other uh, sponsors. We talked about Black Media, uh, independent media, FinalCall.com, FinalCall.com. We complain about, and, and this President Trump complain about fake news or, or what is it? Alternative facts, you know, propaganda, pretty much. And we see this big controversy with this White House and the media. And the Fox News, which is the conservative news outlet, versus CNN and M, uh, is that MSNBC? Yes, sir. Um, 
those liberal media outlets. But every media outlet uh, has a an agenda. You know, whether they are backing the uh, Democrats or the Republicans. But who's addressing our needs, our issues? We're vilified in, in all the networks. <laughs> mm. You know, they, they when we have a, 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 a shooting, unjust shooting of an unarmed black person, then the, the police start investigating the victim. Or what did he have in his system? Did he have marijuana in his system? What is his uh, criminal background? Then they start putting up his mugshot. But he's the victim. <laughs> right. You know, they, but they're using the the media as a weapon. The media has been weaponized against us. That's the reason we have to support independent black media that's going to tell our story. You know, uh, so support the Final Call. That's the finalcall.com. Finalcall.com. You'll find news as it relates to our community throughout the nation. And internationally, from the Caribbean to Africa, international news. So you can find that in the Final Call. You can get a digital subscription at digitalfinalcall.com. And and also, there's a fund. If we look again about being independent, uh, we never received the 40 acres and the mule after slavery. If we're looking at American history, blacks in America never got reparations. And we never were able to become equal. We were separate and unequal because of slavery. Uh, we never got the 40 acres in the mule. And we believe this is an economic show. Business building blocks. We're all about economic development. And what we need as a basis of economics is land, real estate, land ownership. One of the first things of being an independent people is being able to feed yourself the essentials of life, food, clothing, and shelter. All of it has a prerequisite of land. You know, you have to grow your crops. You got to, uh, your animals, you know, say your, your cows or your, your lamb, those livestock in order that we get meat from. You need land. And you need land for your vegetables, for your fruits and vegetables. So we need land to feed ourselves. And if we wanted to build our own home, we need lumber, we need trees, we need clay to make brick. So we need land. And then, it, and, and it's a lot more to it if we look deeply into it. All of the wealth is in the land. If you look up under the land, you got oil, you got gold, you got diamonds, you got mineral resources. So there's a fund, fund that's been established for our community to acquire 100 million acres of land and it's called the Economic Blueprint. Go to www.economicblueprint.org That's economicblueprint.org We're only asking for five cents a day per wage earner in our community. It's about 50 million of us in America. And if we unite with our Hispanic brothers and sisters and our Native American brothers and sisters and that's what we're doing because we're all being oppressed by the same oppressor. You know, you can see that on the border. And our Hispanic brothers and sisters being vilified in the media. But, uh, and our Native Americans that was pl placed on reservations. If we were to unite, pool our resources, we can buy the land. We're very little effort. Five cents a day, that's 35 cents a week. 
that's $18.20 a year. But if millions of us do that, we have hundreds of millions of dollars to purchase land, and then that becomes an economic develop, uh, economic de- base for all our industries. That's economicblueprint.org. All right. Now we can go back to the discussion. I wanted to ask you, what is your... You are from Cashmere, right? Cashmere Garden? That's correct. Where... Where does is your family all from America? Is or yeah, yeah. mom and dad uh, from Louisiana. So okay. my dad was born in Alexandria, and my mom was born in Natchitoches. Okay, okay. For some reason, we thought you was Hispanic or something. Somebody, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. was it your brother-in-law? Uh, yeah, met? yeah, my brother-in-law. Right. I mean, we had a a, a great discussion about Honduras. Is he's from Honduras? Uh, his his mom is from Honduras. That's okay. correct. Oh, okay. okay, okay. I mean, the brother was brilliant. He was, I mean, I we, had a, we had an in-depth discussion, and he was trying to get me to see the plight of our people from Central America mm-hmm. and Mexico and how their struggle parallels our struggle here mm-hmm. in America. I was in total agreement. I was in total agreement, so I was prepared today to have a similar discussion. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're right. You're, you're right from, from where I'm from. You're yeah, from yeah. the mud I'm from. <laughs> from the crib, like they say. From the crib. But uh on the way. Yeah. So in your opinion, as as an entrepreneur, how I always wonder how how free does it feel to have ownership? You know what I mean? You're not calling somebody, checking in, you're doing like how important is ownership to you? It's extremely important because I think what it does is it gives you back your time. And to me, time supersedes money. I, over a certain period of time. You know, it's one of those things where some people, when they're self-employed, the more successful they become, the less time they get because everybody wants them. So, for example, if you're a barber or a doctor or a pastor, the more successful you become, the more people want you and you only. So you lose your time in that. So what I wanted to do was develop a system, a system that didn't depend on me and wasn't evolved around me. So as the system grew, then I can step out of it. Now I only go to work one day a week. That's on Tuesdays. And the company operates itself. So I'll, I'll, go, to, I'll go to work on Tuesdays, check in with my people, and that's it. Uh, and it's afforded me the opportunity because I'm, I'm a believer. What you're saying, sir, is real estate is the ultimate you know, direction you want to go in. That's how you want to, you know, generate your wealth and hold your wealth. So I've started a real estate company as well, too, okay. uh, at the beginning of this year. So we've sold over um, over $2 million in real estate over okay. the last seven months. Okay. So uh, so we've been excited about that. But, but to your point, how does it feel? It feels great to have my time because my time, I can spend time with my family when I want. You know, I can, I don't, ha- I'm not rushing anywhere per se. That's invaluable. It's invaluable. And mm. you can only get that through system building. Mm, that's system right. building. When you're building a system, how do you choose those parts? Like, like what are you looking for in a team member as far as a, your system was concerned when you were building your team? That, that's a great question. So you, 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 everybody can't be chiefs. Okay. So you can't get, you know, five Michael Jordans coming out the gate, you know, so you, 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 Every company has sales. Every company has, you know, you have to have your your CPA. You have to have your attorneys. Then you have to have your, in my entity, it's education. So we have our educational department. But then you have your administrative assistant, your warehouse people. But when you interview people, man, you got to take the time to ask the right questions and make sure their spirits resonate with your spirit. It's not just... 
oh, this person looks good on paper, let's hire them. Because I've made that mistake a number of times. Mm -hmm. I got to see who's the best fit for the environment. You know, if you're too straight laced and I got a lax environment, no matter how good your resume is, you're not going to be a perfect fit for this company. So it's a, a multitude of things that I'll look at when I'm hiring an individual and I'm putting together a team. Um, and then I, I want to know what their core values are. You know, uh, core values definitely need to be in line with with the company's core values, which is our core values. So it just has to be a happy blend when you're assembling a team. It has to fit. Man, you know, you'll make a great consultant. <laughs> he probably does you'll do make that. A great yeah. Consultant. I mean, I, I could see you help help build in other organizations um, because of your success and and your your mature understanding of the industry and the need in our community that we need more corporations, we need more institutions, and the the leadership must be mature and, and have vision along with the latest educational technology mm. in order to implement uh, those type of endeavors like you're doing. We, we need it across the board. All right. And do know, too, that this is a global economical you know system. So we do business in China. I have people out of Salt Lake City, Utah, working for my company. I got people in Illinois working for my company. So it's not just Houston, our backyard, you know, and that's it. Right. You got to expand right. and expanding may be overseas. It may be across the country, but there has to be an expansion there. And if your, your systems are, if your systems are in place the way they should be, then your business will inevitably grow because you're either excelling or, you know, you're either growing or shrinking. You're, 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 there's no such thing as stagnant in my opinion. Do you want everyone to contact you by your website? Or do you have other contact information you'd like to give out? I know you mentioned real estate. I mean, that's what Business Building Blocks is about. We like to get all those, all that information out mm -hmm. because we have audience on different mediums. We have an audience on the podcast platform, and we have Facebook Live, but we're also on Instagram and Twitter. And Do you have some other... Phone numbers or <laughs> yes. websites you like to give out? So, so I don't do any social media okay. uh, for for multitude of reasons, but I do do LinkedIn. That is the one that I do do, and uh, on there it's Anthony Newton. So you just put in Anthony Newton and the company Caduceus, and and will pop up for business purposes. Um, on our real estate. Uh, we purchased a franchise referred to as We Buy Ugly Houses. Everybody sees the billboards all right. across the city or across the country. And unbeknownst to me, when I got into it, I didn't know it was a franchise. So when you call that billboard and you're looking to sell your house, that comes to a franchise owner like myself, which we have, you know, have employees for it. And we take those calls and we go in and we buy the houses cash. Okay. Uh, so, so We Buy Ugly Houses, uh, is the real estate arm to what we do? Okay. Yes. And you, you. Do, so when when I see an ad say we buy ugly houses, the phone number may be different because it's a different franchise. That's correct. There, there's okay. forty three franchises in Houston, and you know we can't designate you know which 
franchise you're going to call because that's a part of the system. Oh, I see. But when you oh, call... It, it equally distributes them out. That's correct. That's oh, correct. Oh, okay. I see. I see. But see, a lot of people don't know. So with real estate, it's so dynamic, right? Um, I just want to take the time to explain the real estate process and why I got into it and how we're able to make as much as we have in such a short period of time. Uh, what we do is... Let's say you have a house for sale. You just want to get rid of it for various reasons. Um, you know, it could be uh, you had a family member pass and you inherited the house. You went through a divorce. You're relocating jobs. You're a hoarder. Uh, there's a number of reasons why people get rid of their houses. And a lot of times they leave a considerable amount of equity in their homes, but they just want to get out of them. They may be behind on taxes. So let's say you're selling your house for $100,000. I have a pool of individuals, I call them in buyers, that I reach out to and I say, hey, look, I got a house. I put that house under contract, but I say, hey, look, I got a house and I'm selling it for $125. The in buy and the house is valued at $200,000. So there's still $75,000 left on the table from that $125 if they purchase it. Um, what happens is I put the in buyer under a contract, what we call assignment. And I'm assigning the property. So when he goes to closing, he gets the house, the seller gets their $100,000, and we get the spread, the $25,000 spread. Okay. So that's me not bringing any money to the table. That's called wholesaling, right? Wholesaling, that's wholesaling. right. That's okay. absolutely correct. And uh, you know, a lot of people don't know about it. Uh, I stumbled across it myself, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm, I'm glad I did because what that does is it puts us in a position of being able to help people out for the most part. You know, if you're trying to move your house, you're trying to buy a house and I'm the mediator, if you will. But yeah, that's called wholesaling. Okay. Man, that's wow. all right. Yeah. Well, this is the Business Building Blocks podcast and what we like to do is provide uh, entrepreneurs or, or budding entrepreneurs with the blocks to build their business. We like to ask every guest to provide one block or one piece of information that will make them successful. What is that for you? You know, when I came in on the podcast, the first thing I said was giving. You know, you got to give back. So I'm, I'm big on that. Uh, when I first started my company, uh, I took my last check from corporate America. And uh, I can't remember what the, the dollar amount was, but I sold about $580 into a ministry. That was way over 10%, you know, of what I was making. And I, I said, you know, if I'm going to go into a business, I want to go into it with a partner. And uh, most partners, you know, they want 50%, 40%, 60%, but God only wants 10%. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go into business with God. So uh, with him as my business partner, I can't lose. And what that did was that gave me a big, my faith was just so huge because my first district was Houston Independent School District. Mm. And I went down there with this faith and a few sheets of paper. And I kid you not, my first check was twice my annual salary. Oh, man. Stepping out on faith. But God, given faith, you know, um, I, if you're not a giver, it's going to be hard to 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 get where you want to be in life. Because, you know, as business owners, we have a fiduciary responsibility. And that's to to constantly give back. And it's a constant. So it, it almost it's almost like a lifestyle. So if I had to leave uh, the, the listeners with anything, it would be, you know, being becoming a giver. And uh, all businesses is identifying a problem and bringing a solution to that problem for an agreed amount. 
So if you're a trash, you know, trash men solve trash problems, lawyers solve legal problems, dentists solve uh, tea problems. So they all get paid based on the level of problems that they're solving. So your objective is to go out there, find a problem that you're good at solving and, and, and run with it, put a system around it. Wow, man, that's great. Thank y'all for listening. <laughs> this is Anthony Newton. Thank you so much. Can you please say the name of your business one more time so people can support you and contact you? And, and the spelling of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I break it down like playing cards. Deuces, the number two, but then you put the K on the front. So you got Caduceus, and that's K-A-D-U-C-E-U-S-I-N-C.com. So caducesinc.com. Caducesinc.com. Any last words for the show? Man, thank you. Because that's you. really the core values of the business building blocks. We try to give back to our community and particularly in the business and economic development area so we can be empowered financially to start solving problems. You know, and a lot of our problems is a lack of resources, a lack of funds, mm. a lack of uh, employment. We either unemployed or underemployed. So if we create those systems and those build those businesses, we can begin to solve that unemployment problem. And then that will start addressing some of our social problems. If y'all want to keep tuning in to the podcast, we're going we dropping episodes once a month now. So y'all can go log on to the uh the uh, podcast app that's on Apple. Every iPhone has it. It's the Purple app. Search Business Building Blocks, and that's where you can subscribe, get all your episodes. We're also on SoundCloud if you don't have a, a iPhone. We're also on all social medias. Just search Business Building Blocks. Y'all tune in. We're bringing you value. We're giving you these blocks. So y'all tune in. Keep coming back, and, and feel free to contact us, DM us with your business info so we can share it so that our listeners can support you if you would like to come on the podcast just dm us as well and uh y'all tune in follow follow john muhammad on, on social media yeah i'm uh john muhammad on facebook yep um also let's uh oh yeah shout out oh yeah shout what are we doing right here camera, joseph vines right here he's a he's a media anything you need from 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 filmmaking to editing to audio you know, you know, he has his own studio, so y'all support him, Joseph Vons. Uh, well, he, I, you can you can find you on social media platforms at at Joseph Vons, J O S C P H V A U D H N S. Okay, at Joseph Vons. At Joseph Vons, so y'all support him. Y'all follow me on Instagram at Wazir underscore. More breakfast coming soon, and uh, we bars got bars for breakfast. Yeah, bars for Wazir breakfast. Bars for <laughs> yeah, breakfast. that's a. We fit. didn't mention Wazir. <laughs> Wazir is a dynamic artist and producer. Yeah, you and filmmaker. Only, you can only yeah. find Boss for Breakfast where? On my Instagram, yeah, at Wazir underscore. So y'all tune in, more coming, more special effects, more everything that y'all are enjoying with that series. And we will be back next month with the Business Building Blocks podcast. You have the blocks. So get to building. Thank y'all for thank listening. You for <laughs> thank you very much.